we've all had those conversations. You know, the ones in the car trip on the way home from the movies, catching up at the local cafe after an awesome weekend, or an even crazier week at work. Those conversations run laps in our heads, well after the coffee cup's empty and everyone's back home. But not everyone gets to be involved in those moments. Not everyone shares in the banter. So this podcast aims to capture some of those discussions, let you share in the chat, and hopefully provoke some extra thoughts along the way. We'll debrief some of the happenings in our lives, bounce around newfound theories, or even just discuss what awesome lessons God's been teaching us recently. So tune in, make yourself comfy, and let's chat. Because it's all gone. We will record and keep everything. Yeah, I don't know what it is about it. It's, uh, it just really... It's it's therapeutic. therapeutic. Yeah, it is, absolutely. Yeah. I, I know it gets real good further on we go. We'll workshop it. It's great! <laughs> We caught up with Sarah and Casey, half of the intern team at Uni Impact, a student ministry group based at the University of Queensland. While they've only been in Australia a handful of months, there was definitely plenty of chatter around lessons they've learnt and what potential surprises had cropped up in their um, opening few months. You know this, but we can cut out basically anything. Right, just make yeah. it sound very but we seamless. Cut out nothing. We're <laughs> just gonna all gold. We will and keep everything. No, but are you with me? So that's you. You feel alright? Yeah. Good, good, good. <laughs> we need verbal affirmation for the recorder. I'm miserable. <laughs> 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 and on this episode. <laughs> Sorry. Let's just chat about how miserable we are. I think it's this weather. Do you, would you agree? Yeah. Oh, yeah. This weather definitely It's not helping. It's really not. Uh, this is Drizzle City. I mean, this is why English people are incredibly depressing. <laughs> All the time. Which you went to London, or not London, but England. Can you? Is that, like, you can, you can't nod on this me- medium. So that's so, <laughs> Yes what do you want me to say? Yes or no? To whether you <laughs> <laughs> if his theory is true, I went to England. <laughs> I did it. I'm guilty. Yes. Body language translates really badly in podcasts. I'm really sorry. But I will openly describe it so that people can appreciate it. Yeah, you should. She's closed off. Yeah, be your position. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, that's that's the difficult question of how are you right now? But how's the last? What is it? Four months now? Has it been four months? Yeah. I don't know. Almost. Almost four months. Because today's the seventh. Eight. Eight. So on the fifteenth, it will be four months. Four months, nearly. <laughs> yeah. Right. Around about. <laughs> so, parachute in on um, summer beach project. Yes, that's a great illustration. We we parachuted into beach projects. Yeah, it felt that way. Have you got a sense of your bearings now, or where you kind of? I would say we're the most comfortable that we've ever been in terms of being here. If that makes sense, is that fair? Would you say that? I'm just kidding. No, I can't speak for both of us, but I would personally. No, yeah, I would say that. I feel like we're getting into a groove now where we're getting really comfortable. 
Yep. How recent of a development is that? Around the three month mark, I would say. Mm. It's like they talked to us in pre departure training about what our emotional capacity would look like and what the ups and downs of doing ministry cross culturally would be like. And it was pretty much a roller coaster the entire time. But and the, the three month mark of it was below the equilibrium line. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, but the the three month mark, they said there'd be a lot of emotional downs, mm-hmm. and then the come up would be pretty great, and you plateau until about the nine month mark. I feel like that plateau is it currently like, happening. It like does this, and then it does this. <laughs> it does this. Is that like a degree of comfort? I'm trying to picture where it is on the overall scale. Consistency, stability, contentment. Yep. And then you'd go up and down. The first three months, newness, happiness, not missing home that much. Exciting. All yeah, all those things pretty t- much take over. And then after three months, you dip below the equilibrium contentment line. Pretty steeply too. Extremely steeply. Because then you realize how long you're here for. You start to feel the distance from home, and because this place doesn't feel like home yet, and. I think that's kind of the how drastic I guess it is in terms of the down the downward spiral I guess. Is that the theory or how how has it felt for you guys? That's the theory. I feel like the theory is pretty accurate. Yeah, it seems, it seems yeah. pretty true. I don't think they would have showed us either if it wasn't pretty much across the yeah, board. Yeah. Like this is kind of the experience that most missionaries feel no matter what the context is this is kind of the emotional and mental graph of what happens mm. um, so do you feel like you've got a long way to go from the run then does the year? feel that way it feels like we've been here for years <laughs> I don't know. but it feels like we just got here yeah what's that what is it what you always say it's like the day- I, feel, I feel like I've been here I, I don't know no you say the days go by like weeks, and the weeks go by as quickly as days. That's what it feels like. Days go by like weeks. Yeah, you know how your days feel really long sometimes? But then the weeks go by. And, you're and like then all of a sudden you're like, wow, I'm back in on, on Monday again. How'd this happen? Yeah, yeah. That's how it is, kind of. That's a perfect depiction of how this feels. Yeah. So it kind of feels like we've been here for two weeks and we still don't know anything. And it kind of feels like I've been here for two years and... Think I have ages to get out, which is a, such a bold face lie. But. <laughs> <laughs> Less of those, please, Kate. <laughs> More optimism. It's great! <laughs> <laughs> okay. um, it's great! Yeah. Well, we're not recording a promo. <laughs> <laughs> I loved Beach 
Beach Project. Mm -hmm. And I don't think I realized how much I loved Beach Project until, like, actually, like, real life. I made it here. Yeah, exactly. Getting back to real life and then going back to real life. That was just so great. Mm. Like, starting my year, like, perfectly with having this ease of access to students, like, key students in the ministry. And just seeing like where they are and where they could be going, um, and just good fellowship with the staff too before real life started the semester and everything like that. That's like one thing that stands out. I think it's probably fair for the students that go on Beach Project as well. Mm-hmm. There's that element where you can't really capture the community you get the Beach Project in day to day life. It's ideal. I think someone once told me like Beach Project is like two weeks of a glimpse into what it looks like to be in heaven. Mm. Um, obviously, they really enjoyed Beach Project. Yeah. But I think that's that's a pretty good insight. It's a sh- it's a an, an extrovert's perspective on Beach Project, maybe. Um. Yeah, well, that is true. If you if you like meeting a whole yeah. other new people. <laughs> yeah. So when I was on Beach Project, I was in a room with all introverts. So everyone else in my room as introverts and I am marginally extroverted like right on the border but I was by far the most (laughs) and yeah a lot of them struggled like they enjoyed it but it was hard like as good as it was it was hard and I think later sort of coming back together and reflecting on it we were like we really tied it back to um acts and I don't know if you've read through acts recently Mm -hmm. or but there's this kind of period where all of the Christians are, like, together in this huge group and there are, like, more coming every day and they're just all sharing meals with each other and worshipping together and learning from each other. It's just this really awesome picture of, like, Christian community. And then in the next chapter, they just kind of all, like, disperse to different places around and they go out onto their different ministries and stuff. And I think that's really, like, yeah, I think that's how we tied it back. We're like, this is really cool. How, to see how like this thing that we do is kind of like this thing that first century Christians did like mm. yeah that cool experience of intense growth and community and then going back out into the world and yeah growing yeah so did you find the, the return from Beach Project was kind of the, what the return you hadn't been in the prize that but <laughs> just getting yeah, yeah. the post Beach Project had a similar effect where you kind of felt like you're being sent out now into your actual ministry with it. Yeah, I loved Beach Project because we got, I feel like, true fellowship with the staff, mm-hmm. which coming to a new context, the transition is extremely difficult. And then your comfort, all the people that you're closest to are also ripped away from you. So it's like you're stuck into a hard context, all of your comfort's taken. And so in the midst of that, you're kind of searching for deep connection. I feel like we really found that within the staff Mm. at Beach Project and with students, especially students that were older. Mm. Um, Yeah, so that was really sweet. And then coming back, like the day we walked back into our house, we were like, oh, wow, we have to live. This is where we're living. And then the staff dropped us off. And they drove away, and then we were like, "Oh, but wait, when will we see you again? <laughs> like, this isn't, this doesn't feel right anymore." Um, and so now I feel like, since we've been back in Brisbane, it's kind of been like 
playing catch up with fellowship constantly. Yeah. Like trying to find deep connection and deep community in a place where transition is all mm-hmm. around us. In just the real world. Yeah. Because it's so much harder to do. Like when people have their own schedules and their own life and that's kind of where Beach Project isn't real life. Isn't it's like everybody is like taking away every distraction that they have in their own life and they're all coming together. But that's not realistic. So yeah, just kind of like adjusting and getting used to actually continuing or striving for that deep connection and relationship with students and the staff in real life, which is much harder. Yeah. But worth it. Mm-hmm. But it takes more time mm-hmm. too. For sure. Yeah. Mm. I think that's gold. It's, it's kind of, it frames the idea of Beach Project really well with the perspective of life around it. It's like on its own, doesn't necessarily appeal to everyone, mm. doesn't necessarily have the same impact on everyone, introvert, extrovert, or whether you're meeting new people or whether you just don't like the beach. You know, there's, <laughs> there's context where it points to everyone, but in perspective, the day-to-day life that you're going to be surrounding it with either side of that mm. it's just really powerful mm. uh, and that that's awesome that you guys have that perspective and because it, then you can do you find yourself pulling for it and trying to really reconnect and recapture it mm. with the students now is that kind of the direction you're running or what was your approach post trying to find an approach is probably my approach I didn't have an approach and so I guess that just trying to keep my head above water I guess you could say was my approach have you learned to swim now? Like, what's your... I've learned to doggy paddle doggy paddle, right, right Seth? Um, yeah, I think like striving for the deep connection striving for the community in day to day life it, it's like you're searching for comfort but in order to find it you have to be uncomfortable and so I find myself in a lot of uncomfortable positions searching for a place where eventually it will become comfortable, but I have to be uncomfortable first. <laughs> Awful. So I'm gonna bucket for Casey. It's so hard. It's it's so hard. Yeah. It's like it's just I feel like most That's our job. <laughs> yeah, most steps are like yeah, I just see myself trying to say take steps of like vulnerability and leaning in where it's difficult and having conversations with harder people and yeah all of that in hopes that one day it will become more comfortable and deep connections will be formed when that will happen I'm unsure they're small victories and the thing is we're not even promised (laughs) that any of that will happen that's so true and so having to rest in the promise of like Christ and like what he his promises for us I ha- that's what I'm continually having to learn instead of like yes I want to strive to make it more comfortable for me to share the gospel but like in order like you said I have to be uncomfortable and I have to be awkward and I have to face plant every now and then that's kind of guaranteed but I'm not ne- I can't do that and in promising that like what will come will be comfortability in, like, deep relationships or fruit. Like, 
I can't base it off of that. I have to base it off of like what Christ has already promised us. And like I I can't like, you know, sit here and be like, Oh yeah, I'm doing this because I'm gonna have deep relationships and they're gonna form and I'm gonna sh- I'm, like they're just gonna become Christians and it's gonna be great and they're gonna be really involved in, in the church. Like none of that's guaranteed and none of that is guaranteed that I will see it in a year. Do you think it's also fair to say that through that discomfort, like we don't really know how God's working and shaping that, particularly to almost to the ends that you're talking about, like to get people involved more in the church or to have people really feel engaged and have a good relationship with God? More often than not, that does not progress the way we imagine or like strive for it. Yeah. Really so, ever. It really just, never yeah. works out the way that you would it. It's like it's like you're baking a cake <laughs> and we are just we're making mud cakes as kids. Yeah. And like we use all these terrible ingredients like dirt and just like dirty water and all those sorts of things. Um, and then God just goes, Yeah, I'll take that, cooks it, and out comes the cake. And you're like, What is going on? Yeah, who's supposed to be that cake? Yeah. Yeah. And it's cool to witness, like you guys doing that, because no one thinks it's It's cool to witness us face planting. <laughs> it's encouraging because then it's like, oh, that thing that I do every day, other people do as well. It's their job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no one's paying me to face plant, but it's still happening. Girl. That's true, that's very true. <laughs> yeah. No, that's really encouraging. Yeah. So I guess as you learn to kind of accept that and still work with that and strive amongst that. What would be a couple of things you wish you could take back home as like almost practical applications or not even, just perspectives to the ministry at home or the culture at home? What would you you just say are a couple of things just to get? Um, Yeah, I think I've just realized well, the culture of Christianity in Australia versus America is so different. I mean, people in America are praised for being Christians. Like, you would, sitting at a dinner table with your family, you would say, yes, Mom, I'm a Christian. Thus, give me your approval. And here, it is nearly the opposite of, like, to your friends and family, you would want to not proclaim Christ because that makes your path of life harder. Um... So, yeah, that, that perspective has changed a lot, but because of that, um, I feel like, yeah, I feel like I've realized for the first time that someone will never be converted to believe in Christ because of a good argument. You know, it will always be love that drives them, um, that drives them towards God. And I think coming here, I really believe that it would be a good argument. I was like, oh, I have to be really theologically sound. I really need to memorize scripture, to spend time in the word. Of course, those things are still necessary, but for completely different reasons. Now they're necessary so I can know God and know his love for me first before I can pour that out to anyone else and in hopes that I can show people love and they will be driven to love Christ because of that. So, yeah, that, that's gold. That's absolutely gold. So, um, yeah, that's what I've learned. Really, love people first.
so, I mean, tough, um, tough vibe to follow there, KP. Oh, uh, yeah. To add to what was, I mean, unbelievable well, truth. From, I need to re-summarize in my head what, you, what you're saying about loving people first. Nobody's going to be whatever with a good argument. Yeah. I feel like coming here, I felt pressured kind of to know more intellectually about, or to be able to better explain my faith in an intellectual sense here because um, especially the students at UQ are very bright and very intelligent. And yeah, so kind of the strategy in terms of sharing the gospel you need that, like Saz was saying, that intellectual bit more, um, but it's not the basis of sharing your faith. Um, but at the same time, yeah, you still need to love people. At the end of the day, it's like loving them first, because Christ's example was loving his disciples, loving other people. It wasn't talking to them about <laughs> like what he's doing. It's what he was doing was the example, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. And so it, it it seems so much easier said than done. And I think that's what I'm slowly learning. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's definitely probably a perspective I can take over back home in the sense of like, yes, growing in your faith does require you to be able to back up reason, especially with your faith. Um, Okay, sorry. Um, But at the same time, like, your faith does require you to, like, have faith. And that is apart from reason. And that has to do with having faith in Christ. And that has to do with loving people as well. Yeah. That makes any sense. Absolutely. It's pretty foundational. Mm -hmm. And it's cool that I kind of like hearing fact that one of the core things that you take with you and put in your suitcase and, and carry home and present to mum and dad is the perspective of just the gospel. It's the same thing. Like it's exactly right. Yeah. And so yeah. The idea that um, through this experience you're learning like the message just in a really genuine way. Mm-hmm. That's pretty awesome. So I guess to to love students well and to engage them, how how can we be involved? Like what's going on? You guys have meetings Wednesdays? Mm, yeah. Like what's what's happening at the moment in that space? Wednesday nights, I guess, are just a time for Uni Impact for students that are involved in Uni Impact to come and learn more on a foundational level, like you were saying, in terms of what the gospel is and so like for example we started a series on James so we'll have like staff members each week like do a particular talk on James in the book um, which will lead into discussions after the speaker talks so that's kind of how the setup of the meetings go but I would say the purpose of them is to create discussion amongst the students um, which in turn like gives them to create discussion with people that are not involved with Uni Impact to kind of bring them in. So it's kind of a 
dual thing of like creating more discussion within Uni Impact, but also going outside of Uni Impact to bring people in. Um, How did you find that application? Okay. Um, with my time at Impact. Yeah. Um, yeah, I definitely Impact was my introduction into the uh, Christ community. Um, community, I guess. Um, yeah, it definitely had a huge impact on my relationship with God, my understanding of what it meant to be in fellowship, and um, it was an awesome opportunity just to meet other Christians who were like me, you know, uni students, people that think a lot, people that are curious about the gospel or the letters to Paul or the Old Testament, just like all of these things that, you know, you maybe haven't talked about or thought about yet kind of there's this new platform to discuss them and I really enjoyed that um and it was just also so good relationally just to be able to meet other Christians and like be into during the discussion time to be introduced to new people each week and just be like I don't know you but we're going to have this really super in-depth and normally very personal discussion about faith and the bible um and it's a really great way to build friendships because you just cut immediately to like well, what's your story? Like, what's your testimony? Why Why are you a Christian? Why do you think the way that you do? And, yeah, it had a it had a huge impact on me just, um, yeah, as a Christian and building my faith, you know, as a, as a first-year student, it was it was hugely uh, impacting. Impact. <laughs> there's, there's a tagline. It's a great title. <laughs> for, for um, are you guys presenting anytime soon? No. <laughs> Yeah, you got a, yeah, any, any comments on um, Wednesday nights? Like, what, what, are you, what have you found to be your favourite thing about, like, the Wednesday night setup? Yeah, I think the community that it brings to students. I think most people who are 17, 18, 19 years old are really just searching for acceptance and love, again, back to that. And so to have a place where people can go to find acceptance, I think it'd be pretty hard with the culture of Christianity here to come into uni where people don't don't accept you and don't praise what you believe. Um, yeah, and so uni impact provides a stage for acceptance. And it makes the relationship so genuine. Yeah. Like, I don't doubt or question the relationships that students have with each other and uni impact in terms of their faith, um, which is kind of different in the States. Um, so yeah, I would imagine. It's awesome. So you can laugh, we'll, we'll hear it. I'm just, I'm, I'm just <laughs> gonna wait for you to pull the songs for the game. <laughs> She wasn't laughing at you. Um, no, I wasn't laughing at you. No, I said that was a good answer. I wasn't laughing at me either. I was just looking at Trad's face. Uh, <laughs> I get that a lot. That's why it's a radio question, alright? Yeah, yeah, yeah. When people say you've got a voice for radio, it's really they're just holding out on the whole thing. This is bad Thanks so much for your time, guys. I really appreciate Thanks that. Thanks for having us, Charlotte. Oh.
having um, we did record this in your house. So <laughs> there's an element where I'm like, thank you. Uh, Thanks for the chocolate. That's no, alright. Thanks for the coffee. Thanks for chatting. Oh, no problem. That's right. No problem. I mean, this has been episode three with Saz and KP. Oh, it rhymes! <laughs> <laughs> we'll workshop this.